Well, hey, great to see everyone today. Welcome to Centerpoint. I want to say, hey, hey, yeah, thanks, Pastor Aaron. I appreciate that. If you're new with us, I'm John. I'm lead pastor here. And I'm glad that you came today. And man, I just want to say also, uh, well done to our, our worship ministry. If you're just figuring out how do you add two or three more songs while four or five more people are getting baptized? Like, aren't they amazing? Sometimes you just got to say, come on, Pastor Donovan, you rock. You got an amazing team. Uh, so this is a series called First, and it's the second week. And in this series, we are learning how to take a first-class trip to a greater experience in our faith and to put firsts in our life that will strengthen our faith. And so that's what this series is about. And last week, we kind of took to heart the words of Jesus where he simply said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you or given to you. And so we established last week the central priority of the kingdom of God for our lives. And we're embracing together that if we decide in our heart, Jesus, you're first, your kingdom is first, that our God is going to be faithful to us and we're going to experience his faithfulness in all these things. I believe him for that. And today, uh, I want to continue this series with part two. And we're making room for what matters. And we're making a, a priority of the kingdom of God. But today, I want to share with you a challenge to put a priority in your life for a Jesus first moment every day. I want to challenge you, if you aren't living this way right now, to live with a Jesus first every day kind of an experience. I am looking at a whole lot of people that God loves and longs to be with and give of his love and goodness to. And how that happens is as we come to him first, early, with a priority in our heart to seek him. And so I want to tell you today, that's the challenge right out of the gate is, is to step it up a little bit. Your own willingness to have a priority in your life to, to meet with Jesus. And, and that's what this is about. Being people who are, are having times where we're encountering Jesus personally. And, and I want to just tell you, you know, a bit of forewarning. An encounter with Jesus can have a powerful impact on you. In fact, uh, John says it like this in Revelation 1.17. John talks about seeing Jesus and he says, When I saw him, I fell at his feet as if I were dead. But he laid his right hand on me and he said, Don't be afraid. I am the first and the last. Read those words of Jesus out loud with me. He says, Don't be afraid. I am the first and the last. Say it again. Don't be afraid. I am the first and the last. I feel like some of us need to have Jesus laying his hand on us early in the morning and saying to us, don't be afraid. You're not alone. I'm going to be with you as you walk into this day. I am for you and not against you. And the troubles that you're coming up against, I'm coming to those troubles right by your side. I feel like some of us need to have Jesus laying his hand on us early in our days and saying, don't be afraid. You're not by yourself. I'm with you. Don't, don't you wish that all of us could be hearing him say that? Well, we can't. And, and part of it has to do with the reality of receiving what he said about himself. Jesus described himself as the first and the last. He said it about himself. And part of my passion for this series and coming up with a series called First is because if first is something that Jesus calls himself, then I want to dive deeper into it. It's part of the reality of his very identity. When he says he's first, the, the, the word first means before anything else. And my question is, is that true about him in my life? 
is he before anything else in my life? And if I've got the order out of whack, I need to, I need to correct that. Because the scriptures declare the truth, that he is the first. Colossians 1.18 puts it like this. It says, Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. And he is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. Say the last part out loud. So he is first in everything. He's first in everything. And this is a prophetic declaration of eternal truth. He is first in everything. But, but when I say it's, it's a prophetic declaration, here's what I mean by that. I mean that there are ways in which it is already completely true and manifest and visible that way. And when I say that it's a prophetic declaration, I'm saying there's also a good number of ways where it's just maybe not fully realized. That's the nature of things that are prophetic. Are you with me? And so if the Bible says he is first in everything, I don't want to just nod my head and say, well, that sounds good. I want to understand it as an eternal truth that I have an opportunity to line my life up with. If the Bible says he is first in everything, I see that as an invitation to line up my life with that eternal declaration and let it be true here and now in my time and space. He is first in everything and I want it that way for me. I want to experience Jesus first in everything, first in my dreaming, first in my planning, first in my family life, first in my, my work, first in my business, first in the dreams I'm going after, first in my sense of calling and purpose, and first in my day, literally first in my day. Okay, this is going to get a little old school and basic right now, but I feel like I need it, you need it. Is to learn to be the people, or for some of us, be nudged to be the people again who had a Jesus first kind of a life, right down to first every single morning. You know, you know that, that, uh, that, that song, in the morning when I rise, in the morning when I rise, in the morning when I rise. Sing it if you know it. Give me Jesus. It's not just a good old song line. It's a great way to live. In the morning when I rise, give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. There's one uh, seasoned saint in our church. I'm talking she's got kids and grandkids, right? So seasoned saint. And, and she told me, she said, this is what I do every single day. I wake up and when I first open my eyes and when I move my body to get my feet out of my bed before I let my feet even hit the floor but, and before I even let my toes touch the slippers, I say, Jesus, I'm yours and this day is yours and I want to walk with you. And then I let my hit, feet hit the floor. I heard that and I thought... That's the kind of saint I want to be one day, you know. <laughs> Is it okay that I said one day? <laughs> we, we're all on a journey, right? But, but that, that's what we're talking about, being people who are, who are willing to say, Jesus, you come first in my life, right down to when I wake up. And the message today that I came to bring is an important one. In the morning when I rise, give me Jesus. That's, that's part of this message. You know, a few months ago, um, Pastor Aaron invited Ann and I to go with he and his girlfriend Abby out on a, a, a date night together and we went out to Temecula Clay. It's this place down in South Temecula where you can, uh, you can throw pottery on a pottery wheel and you can shape the clay and, 
and it's, it's a step up from that other place that I'm not going to name. But anyway, we had a good time down there. And, and uh, we, had a, we had a great time, actually. I mean, I didn't ever, I've never gotten to throw pottery on a pottering wheel with my wife. And so I'm sitting there with throwing pottery on a pottery wheel and shaping the clay next to my wife. And the 80s kid in me is going all Patrick Swayze ghost in that moment, you know. And I turned to Aaron and I'm like, Aaron, this is like Patrick Swayze ghost moment right here. And he took, looked at me and he was like, uh, what, what is that? It's like, what that is, is that is proof that I'm old. That's what that is. <laughs> but we're throwing pottery. We're making these beautiful bowls. Mine turned out to be more of like a little lump. That's okay. I still got to do it, right? And, and we got to make mugs. And uh, I'm a coffee guy, so you know I'm excited about making mugs. And these are the mugs, right? They came out good. The really nice one on the right, that's the one my wife made. It's beautiful. Mine's not too bad. It's the, the beige one. I like it. I like how it came out. It was fun making it. And, and actually... I, I love using this mug every morning for this moment because I, I want to see Jesus first every day. And it's moments like this that allow that to be possible. Like really, actually, it's moments like these that allow that to be really possible because when I was making this mug, I etched the name Jesus in the bottom of my mug so I could literally see Jesus first every day. Okay, I, I deserved more of a chuckle than the one that you just gave me. I thought that was good. I thought that was good. <laughs> but my message this weekend is, is simply this. Jesus first, word and presence Every day. Jesus first, word and presence. Every day. Would you just say it with me? Just try it on. Say it. Jesus first, word and presence. Every day. This is what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping that every one of us would grow to be the kinds of followers of Jesus Christ that don't just rely on somebody else's message once every uh, week or so when we come to church or when we happen to turn on maybe some podcast, but instead that we would be people who personally are living a, a Jesus first word and presence every day kind of a life, when we realize that our, our opportunity to be close with God is the greatest source of hope and strength that we could ever find. And so I believe that church is about making disciples. We're not just making events. We're making disciples. You are disciples, and that means you are learning. And one of the greatest things you could possibly learn if you're serious about your spiritual journey is what I'm talking about today. I, I know that it might sound basic to some of us, but as I think about my own spiritual life, I don't know that there's anything greater that's contributed to my own sense of spiritual vitality and passion and goodness and richness and depth. It's this, what I'm sharing with you today. It's learning to be a Jesus first, word and presence, every day kind of person. And so I'm, I'm going to bring this to you from the word of God today. And there's a prayer I want you to pray with me. And, and the prayer is in Psalm 90, verse 14. I want you to just say this out loud with me from the screen. Ready? Go. Satisfy us each morning with your unfailing love so we may sing for joy to the end of our lives. Why don't you say it one more time. Ready? Say it. Satisfy us each morning with your unfailing love so we may sing for joy to the end of our lives. Satisfy us each morning. Everyone say each morning. Come on, say it again. Each morning. 
Okay, listen, I know that a lot of us have different kinds of experiences of the morning. Like some of us, we got to get up at, at 3.30 or 4 because we have to be at a job site an hour and a half from here uh, at 5 or 6 in the morning. And, and others of us, man, we got to get to that hospital because the shift changes at 7.30 and we need to be there on time and mornings come hard and fast. Others of us are blessed enough to maybe have a, an actual 9 to 5 and that's not many of us actually, but our mornings maybe have a little bit more time. Others of us, for whatever reason, uh, we aren't working right now. And our mornings are, well, very different. But whatever the morning situation is for you, I want you to just take this to heart, even though it's a bit old school. Each morning, that's what we are able to experience. Satisfy us each morning with your unfailing love. I want you to just repeat after me. Satisfy us each morning with your unfailing love. Man, I want this for you. I want this for you. I want you to know the goodness of being able to just be in God's presence each morning and just going, oh, thank you for loving me, God. Flaws and all. Thank you, God, for saving me. Thank you for covering me. Thank you for protecting me. Thank you for lifting me up by your love. Man, when you just sit, with your heavenly Father who loves you and let that love flow over you and into you. It does something. It changes you. That, that love has the capacity to alter the direction of your day and even the destiny of your life. And, and so this isn't just a quick verse to read through. Satisfy us each morning with your unfailing love. It's a reality to enter into. When you can experience this, being satisfied with the unfailing love of God. You know what begins to happen? When you start your day satisfied in the love of God, then that pressure you're facing because all of those problems at work, they start to get pushed to the background because you've got something in the foreground which is so much greater. When, when you're satisfied in the love of God, that, that issue that is like a knot in the pit of your stomach starts to get softened and maybe even undone because God's love is that powerful. When you're able to satisfy, find satisfaction in the love of God each day, the unfailing love of God, you get filled up, you get maybe even corrected, you get uh, redirected by your heavenly father and you show up differently. You show up differently to that wife or that husband. You show up differently to those kids. You show up differently to that team you're leading. And this world needs a bunch of believers in Jesus Christ that are showing up with his love. And so you got to go and get it from them. Go and get it. Satisfy us each morning with your unfailing love, oh God. I, I want you to be the kind of person who can live this out. Experience the satisfaction that comes in the presence of God by receiving his love. And that's the, the main goal of having a, a daily rhythm where you're meeting with God. It's that, to experience the love of God. And part of how you're going to experience that presence of God, the love of God, is through your willingness to talk to him. I mean, we, we say prayer and all kinds of things come to mind. But when you boil it down, it's about having a relationship where you can talk to your heavenly father. And there's all kinds of ways this takes place, but it needs to, to have a place. That's what I'm talking about today. For, for example, Psalm 50, uh, sorry, sorry, Psalm 5, verse uh, 1 and, and through 3, I want you to hear this. It says, Lord, hear me as I pray. Say those words, hear me as I pray. 
as in there got to be some moments where I'm doing it, like where I'm talking to him, where I'm saying things that are on my mind and on my heart. Oh, Lord, hear me as I pray. Pay attention to my what? My perfectly formed religious-sounding sentences. Now, hear me as I'm just groaning. I'm just going, God, God. Because sometimes, don't we face things that just go beyond our words? Hear me as, I, as I'm groaning and listen to my cry for help, my king and my God. My, listen to my what? My cry. The things that are coming from the depths from within me. The things that matter most because that's what I'm going to cry out about. Listen to my cry. Has God heard you cry? Has he heard you cry out? Have been there some times recently where you've literally just went, God, and cried out to him? Because it has the capacity to change everything. Verse 3, listen to my voice in the morning, Lord. Each, each morning I bring my request to you and I wait expectantly. Each, each morning. You, you know, David is called a man after God's own heart, right? And guess who wrote Psalm, this psalm? It's David, right? And part of what I think made David a man after God's own heart, someone who was known by his passion and love for God, is the fact that he had an each day kind of a time. He, he lived, he didn't know the name Jesus, but he knew the Lord who is one. And, and he had a Jesus first, word and presence, everyday kind of life. Th this is who we are meant to be, these kinds of people. I, I think this thing is, is, is not is not as, as present in many of our lives as it should be. That's kind of why I'm bringing this message. I get the sense when I have conversations that uh, there's a, a missing component for some of us. And it's what I'm talking about today. It's that Jesus first, word and presence, everyday kind of an experience. I, I learned about this early on, and I'm grateful that somebody who was discipling me when I was, when I was young and new in the faith told me, hey, this is, this is the source of strength in life. Don't miss it. And, and then they taught, me, they taught me how to pray, and they did it by giving me a formula. And the formula was ACTS. Anyone ever heard that one? You could raise your hand. Anyone ever learned the ACTS? Not too many of you. Okay, so a few of us. But ACTS, and it stood for adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. And, and this uh, person who was uh, teaching me, uh, he said, you, you, gotta, you can pray. You got to, he actually put it this way. You got to pray this way. This is the way you got to do it. You got to adore. You got to then uh, confess your sin. Then you got to give thanks. And then you got to supplicate. You know? <laughs> and supplicate isn't a word that I ever used ever before in my life. But... Uh, I started doing it, supplicating. And, and, and then I, for a while, it helped me. It helped me. It was like training wheels. Like, how do you pray? Well, you adore. God, I love you. And then you thanks. God, thank you for this stuff. And then uh, I confess. God, I confess my sin. And then I, T, thanks. God, thank you for. So did I get it right? I don't know if I got it right. Anyway, we got it right there. And, and so, so for a while, every day when I was praying, I would be very careful, meticulous to make sure I got it right, you know, A-C-T-S. And then one day, I don't know, some things were heavy in my life and, 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 and I just started praying and I just started right out going, God, I need help. I'm so worried. I'm so concerned about stuff happening today. And then this weird voice in the back of my head was like, you're getting the order wrong. You started with supplicating. You need to go back to adoring or he's not going to like it. What in the world is that? 
I'll tell you what that is. That's a religious spirit. And, 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 but it messed with me. And for a, a few days, maybe a few weeks, I don't remember, it was, I was like, oh, no, I, I can't get it wrong. I have to make sure I start with the right thing. I have to get it right for God. And, and I think I completely was missing the point. The point wasn't getting it right. The point was being with God. Uh, earlier this week, uh, Ann and I had a, a date night. And so we finally, like after months and months, had a, like a real, not like a quick, like, get, you know, but a, a real full, you know, several hours of a date. And, and so we were uh, going to go have a nice dinner a little bit early because nowadays you want to sit down at a table, you need to get there at like four. Anyway, we, we, got, we, you know, we went out for dinner and then uh, between dinner we had tickets for the movies that we hadn't seen in forever. We saw Free Guy. It was really good. Anyway, I had tickets for 6.15 and, and, and between dinner uh, and the movie, we had some time. And so Anna was like, oh, can we go to Hobby Lobby? And, and I, I, love, I love my wife. So before I knew it, we were in Hobby Lobby, like getting, getting all homesy and, and craftsy. And, and, and then we went back to the car and, and, I, and I put my key in the car and I turned the ignition and nothing, like totally dead, just dead, dead, dead. Oh, man, I, was, I banged the steering wheel. That's not good when you're on a date, right? Bang the steering wheel. And then I go outside, I open the hood, and I start punching the battery. Because that's going to help. That's going to fix it, right? And I went back in after I did that, and I turned the key. Still nothing. I reached in. I have a big old wrench I keep for, for things like this, right? I have a big old wrench. And I was going to do something. And I went back to that battery, and I said, if the fist doesn't work, the wrench will. And I'm beating on the battery with a wrench at this point. And I go back, and I try it again. Still won't work. And I'm taking both fists and pounding the steering wheel at this point. Like, ah, you know, my date is ruined. You know? And Anne's like, just calm down. We, just, we, have a, we have a 19-year-old son who loves to drive. We'll call him, and he'll save the day. And we did. We called him, and he raced down in 11 minutes by breaking every speed limit law. He was there with jumper cables, and, and he hooked up the jumper cables, and, and we waited 10 minutes, and still nothing, nothing, nothing. And I'm literally like, pound, 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 pound on the steering wheel at this point. I was upset. And my son looked at me, and he said, Dad, 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 calm down. I mean, big picture. Don't miss the point. You're, you're on a date with your wife. Uh, it's kind of convicting when your 19-year-old son is like helping you see what really matters. And, and he was right. I was on a date with my wife. And, and the point wasn't the dinner. And the point wasn't getting to that movie on time. The point was just being with my wife. It wasn't whether it all went exactly right or not. It was about being with her. And she was like the whole time just kind of smiling like, I don't know what you're so, like, stressed out about. It's going to be okay. We're together. But I wanted to just maybe put somebody at ease. If you're thinking about, well, this time with God thing, you know, okay, well, what do I do? I have to make sure I get it all right. Don't worry about trying to get it all right. What, what you, you need is just to know that it's about being with your heavenly Father who loves you in any way, shape, or form. And, yes, I want to share some ideas about a, a couple of ways you can approach that, but it's not a formula. This is not a chemistry experience. This is not an algorithm of a computerized, mechanized thing. This is a, a relationship. It's not about whether you can get more religious and do it more right. It's about whether you can be more authentically a human 
daughter or son of your heavenly father who's engaging in a deeper relationship with him so that your soul is satisfied. That's what this is about. Jesus first, word and presence every day. And so we've been talking about his, his presence. And it's because Isaiah 33 says this. Isaiah 33, 2 says, Lord, be gracious to us. We long for you. Be our strength every morning. Our salvation in times of distress. Be our strength every morning. I want for you what I've come to enjoy, which is that every morning I'm able to come close to the one who created the heavens and the earth and receive from him his grace that sustains me and his strength that gives me all I need to prevail. Anybody got some things that are going to require some strength from you to deal with in your life? Anybody got some, some problems that you've got to come to with a kind of a power from within that you can't fabricate? Then you get it right there in the very presence of God. And I don't want you to miss it. It's about the presence of God, the word of God. Jesus first, word and presence every day. Can you say that phrase again with me? Jesus first, word and presence every day. Say it again. Jesus first, word and presence every day. That's the kind of people we want to be. That we get to be. <laughs> Jesus modeled this. Jesus did. Jesus in, in Mark 1.35, it, it said this. It said, uh, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Do you know if there was anyone who probably could have gone, nah, I'm good, I don't really need to pray. Probably would have been Jesus. And yet, even Jesus is going, why would I ever want to miss out on that opportunity to just get a little bit more closeness with my heavenly father? <laughs> like, you know, you know that person in your life, like every time you get to spend a little bit of time with them, you just feel good, you just feel better, you just feel more encouraged just by being around them a little bit? That is what is possible with your heavenly father. And I want for you to be able to get it. For some of us right now, things are so hard on us. And we need the softening grace of God. And we need it more than we even know. And we have an opportunity to come and receive it. And it has everything to do with this first moment of the day. When I was thinking about uh, this, uh, this particular message, I gave it a working title a couple months ago. And it was First Watch. That's what I decided that I'd call this message. But then I actually looked it up and I found out that First Watch, it doesn't mean what I thought it mean. It's a nautical term that refers to the hours between 8 p.m. and midnight. So I'm like, ah, out with that title. And so I'm going with every morning when I rise. That's the title of the message today. And, and I know it sounds a bit old school. I know we all have different kinds of mornings. And some of us even work a night shift. And so when we get home at 4 a.m., that's when we go to sleep. But all of us do sleep. And what I'm really talking about here today is being the kind of people that first thing when we wake up, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. Jesus first. Word and presence every day. So we've talked about his presence. Let's talk about his word. Okay, his word. Psalm 143.8 says this. It says, let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love for I have put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go, 
for to you I entrust my life. Would you read that verse out loud with me? I want you to read it from the start. Ready, go. Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love, for I have put my trust in you. I, I hear it. Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love. And, and I understand that if I want word of God's unfailing love, then there's no greater place for me to go for that than to his word. It changes things. Okay, case in point, for me personally, a few, this is about a year ago now, but if you remember, about a year ago, things were in a crazy state in our nation. And at that time, uh, we, we considered, you know, the, the coronavirus, it was the plague of death. And even the White House was sending us postcards saying lockdown. And so we, we had, uh, our church was not meeting. We were doing online only and what maybe you don't know if you're new with us is that a couple of weeks right before that, we began this expansion project. And so we had torn half of this building down and we were spending tons of money to do this work. And then all of a sudden, no church is even happening. And people for a time had stopped giving. And as the guy who's kind of responsible for things, I... Man, I, I felt like, I literally had some days I felt like I was going to die. Just like, you know what I'm talking about? That pressure when you start feeling how difficult things are, are going. And, and, and I remember one morning I just woke up and I, and, I, and I did it wrong. I didn't do the ACTS thing at all. I just went, God, God, what do we do? And, and I felt like God was directing me to his word and saying, Haggai chapter 2. Verses 1 to 9. I literally felt like God was saying that to me. Haggai, chapter 2, verses 1 to 9. And I just turned there. And, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm just crying just because of the weight, the stress, the pressure of things. And in and, and Haggai 2, verse 5, it says, my spirit remains among you. And it was like God saying, I haven't left. I haven't gone anywhere. Just because we aren't in the building at a certain time, my spirit remains among the collective, you, you, the body. My spirit remains. It was like God promising me that. And then I'm thinking, yeah, but what about the building though, God? It's this big old thing we did. What are we going to do? You know, and God's like, keep reading. And I read in Haggai 2.8 and it says uh, that the temple would be rebuilt. And in Haggai 2.9 it says, and the glory, the future glory of this temple will outweigh the former glory of this temple. And God spoke that to me. And it was one of those boom, boom kinds of moments where I'm like, okay, I've heard from you, God. I've heard what you say in your word. I can do this. I can keep going. <laughs> when you get a moment in God's word, it can change you. It can comfort you. It can lift you. It can fire you up. It can bring strength to you. And I want to make sure that we all get that. Isaiah the prophet in Isaiah 50, he said this. Isaiah said, the sovereign Lord has given me what? His, his sovereign Lord has given me his words of wisdom so that I know how to comfort the weary. And morning by, say it, say it. Morning by morning, he wakens me and opens my understanding to his will. Morning by morning, he wakens me and opens my understanding to his will. If you're ever wondering, oh, what do I do? What's God's will? Guess what? It's time in God's word and presence where the understanding of his will is going to come. Please don't miss it. Don't assume that it'll be okay if, if somebody else prays instead of you. You get to have the opportunity to experience God's word. For me personally, there's been a bit of a journey. 
And, and my journey began, you know, when I'm at the end of my eighth grade year saying yes to Jesus and wondering what do I do next. And some people began discipling me. But it was, hey, you got to read the word was one of the things. And I didn't really know what that meant. But there was this little pamphlet at the church that our family went to. It was called Our Daily Bread. And they put a bunch of them out on a countertop. And they seemed to be free. So I just started taking them whenever they had new ones. And for a while... That was what I did. I opened up the thing called Our Daily Bread, and it had one little half of a verse and then a paragraph of a funny story, and I read that, and I felt like, okay, I'm doing it. I'm, 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 I'm getting there, you know? And that was good for a while, and then I, I graduated a bit. I found a book called Heinz Feet on High Places. It's an old book, but I do still recommend it. And, and I read that, started reading that every day, and instead of a half a verse, it would be like a whole verse, and then a couple of paragraphs that were real pretty uh, uh, and poetic, right? And, and then I graduated from that. I read this book called uh, My Utmost for His Highest. It was another daily devotional where it's like one page a day, and that one had like two verses of scripture and then a couple of deep, powerful paragraphs. Like, that was that one. And it was like a progression for me. But what I realized after a while by the influence of a mentor in my life was that it was good that I was taking advantage of these daily devotionals as a resource. But that the challenge was, instead of just going to these secondary resources, why don't you go straight to the source, the Word of God? And so then I, I rounded a bit of a corner, and, and with the challenge of somebody who was discipling me, I started actually reading the Bible every day. And rather than pre-digested food, I began to just eat the fresh bread for myself. And this is what I want for every one of you. You, you be fresh bread eaters. <laughs> And so for me, that looked like at first, like, how do you do that? How do you read the Bible? This old thing, this is so much. What do I do with all of this? The easy way to start was just one chapter a day. Because chapters in the Bible are like you could read it in five minutes, you know. It's not like a, a other book. And, and I started doing that. One chapter, any chapter. It's like a chapter a day keeps the devil away. It was the way that it was taught to me, right. I don't know about that, but that's what they said. And, and I started doing that. And I started feeling like, wow, I'm, I'm hearing from God. I'm beginning to get an understanding of this thing that I thought was so mysterious. And that only, only that, that lady from church could really understand. Like I, I started to get understanding of it. Then I started a different kind of a plan where I began reading like one chapter of the Old Testament and one chapter of the New Testament every day. That was good too. That helped me. And then I moved to a one, it's still my favorite, which was one chapter of the Old Testament, one chapter of the New Testament, one chapter of Psalms, one chapter of Proverbs every day. I would call that in my own journey, that was like Bible 301. And, and, and I always loved that. And if all else fails, and I don't know, what am I going to read in the Bible? I'm, I'm bored with reading through Genesis, right? Then I'm going to go back to that, 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 what I just described. And I'm asking you to please do it. If you've never been somebody who has read the Bible much, I'm urging you today, please do it. Please begin to become a person that would say, Jesus first, word and presence every day. And put a practice into your life that could change you. Come on, we give time to so much in our lives, don't we? We give time to this, we give time to that. How about giving a little time to the eternal truth of God's word? And if you say, well, I got to be at work at 7 in the morning, 5 in the morning, whatever. Then, then if all you have is 5 minutes, then do, do one verse a day if that's what you can handle. But do it. 
early, each time after you wake up, Jesus first, word and presence, every day it has the capacity to change you. When I started actually reading the Bible, I started going through, this is the Bible that somebody gave me when, when I first started reading the Bible. Uh, it, it, I got my name and, uh, put on the front of it. I think I had a picture of it anyway. Okay, we don't. That's okay. But I, I, okay, there it is. Yeah, thank you. And, and it's, uh, it's a precious thing to me, this particular Bible. I've read through plenty of different versions of Bible. This one was my first one, though. And, and I, I, the pages are all torn up. But if I go through that, I look inside of the pages. And every page, it's like highlighted and underlined and little notes. And some of the pages, the, there's so much notes. Like every square inch of the margin is taken up by these little notes. And, and I look back to that and I go, man, that's like a record of my early 20s right there. The margins of my Bible. And, and th there's nothing like this. Like having a personal experience of God's word and it's good for you to listen to a preacher. I mean, I have a biased opinion about that. I do think it's good. But I think it's even better for you to be a self-nurturing follower of Jesus who knows how to take this each day, this. You can save your Jesus calling for later. Like in the bathroom or something. That was TMI, sorry. But, but listen, you, 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 you can take this though first and take it to heart. I urge you to be the kind of person that would let the words of God sink in deep. Ezekiel 3 puts it like this. He said, son of man, let all my words sink deep into your own heart first. Listen to them carefully for yourself. Let the words of God sink deep into your heart. You'll be changed by it. You will be raised up in maturity as you do it. You will be softened to become a better dad. And maybe that child is only a one-year-old right now and things are easy. But you're going to need more of God's wisdom as he grows. Guess where you're going to get it. Don't let it just be, yeah, my mom, she really did read that Bible. It was awesome that she did that. No, you be the one who... it. They have memories of seeing you early in the morning with that one light on, shining down while you're going, God, thank you for what you're saying to me right now. Let that be true of you. Let's all be those kind of people. Jesus first, word and presence, everyday kinds of people. God is going to bless your life as you do this. I believe it. I have a confession to make as I'm getting ready to wrap up. <laughs> Like how I said that, getting ready to wrap up. Like, fair warning, it has a few more minutes. But uh, my confession is this. There's an ebb and a flow, an ebb and a flow to the experience of daily time with God. Like some days it's, wow, powerful, deep. Some days it's like, uh, what? I don't even remember what I just read. You know, but go for it anyway. Okay, so... Personal confession would be this, that when I was coming up with this series, this was several months ago, I was thinking about this, and I was on a tear, man. I was on a great stride with my daily rhythm, like really good. Like every day it was like 4.30, 4.45, a good solid hour in the scriptures with God's presence and felt so life-giving to me. And I was just feeling like, man, I want this for everybody. This is the way to live. Jesus first, right? And... Uh, and, and then, like, some things happened. We took a trip, and I needed an extra alarm clock, so I put my 
phone up in my room so I could have an extra alarm clock. And then I just kind of got used to that. And so uh, instead of reaching here first, I began reaching here first. And, and, and here's the thing. Like if I'm going to reach for my phone first, the phone is going to reach my eyes first. And whatever is in the phone is going to end up reaching my heart first. And if that's what's taking place, then Jesus probably isn't first because Instagram is Oh, it just got quiet. <laughs> but I'm just telling you from, from a personal experience, I'm not, I'm not pointing the finger. I'm, I'm saying to you, this is a true confession of in the last few months, like, well, how did that happen? Oh, because I put the phone up here and I just started grabbing that first. And I need to go back to what I had been doing before, which was I put that thing down in, 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 in the kitchen off to the side where I'm not going to look at it until I first had my time with God. But, but maybe for some of us, it's time to take measures. Like, for example, there was this product on Shark Tank. I don't know if you saw it. It's called the Kitchen Safe or the K-Safe. And it's literally a safe for your phone. Like, for your phone. You just chuck your phone in there. And on the top of it, if you look at the top, it has a timer. And you don't get to have your phone until the timer is done. Because that box knows you need Jesus, right? And so, and so you, 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 know, you know you need this. Some of us, we just straight up need this next thing right here. We just need jail for that thing. Because the, it has become a thief that has come to kill, steal, and destroy. And it needs to go to jail for the robber that it is, right? And, and I may or may not have just ordered that phone safe device. Because I may or may may not have a problem like the one I just described to you. But I'm, I'm saying it, it is so life-giving to be able to have that time with Jesus. Jesus first, word and presence every day. And it's not just for the super spiritual out there somewhere. It's for you, my brother. It's for you, my sister. It's for you, my brother. It's for you, my sister. Every one of us, we get to be those kind of people. So here's what you do. You never done this before? This week. I want you to think today, okay, how could I do this? And for a lot of us, we can do it in the morning. For some of us, because of how work goes, it has to be a bit later in the day, but do it. A time every day. And if you say, oh, I could only do 10 minutes. That's all I could do. Then do the 10 minutes. Change your alarm clock. And I'm asking you to do this for at least one week, the next six days. And if you have 10 minutes, do 10. And if you have 15 or 20, whatever it might be, and open the Bible and if you're wondering, well, where would I start? Let me just give you a few tips because it'll be helpful. Maybe start, if this is new for you, one chapter of Psalms every day. Start in Psalm 1. Just keep going. Or the Gospel of John. One chapter of either of those. And the goal isn't to get through it. The goal is to get God's heart through it. So you sit, read slowly, kick your head back and think about what he's saying to you. Take a breath and say, thank you, God. And you're going you're gonna to begin to sense a shift happen. Can you envision yourself doing this? Five minutes? Don't tell me you couldn't at least bring five minutes of your heart to the Lord. For some of you, you could bring an hour in five minutes and it wouldn't hurt you. You'd still be able to get to the gym. <laughs> You'd still be able to get to work on time, whatever it might be. But really what this is about is living in the, the mercy and love of God. Lamentations 3.22 says this, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. They're new every morning. And I just want to make sure that you can go get some. Now, I want you to take a moment right now and, and let's pray together. And I want to pray that God would activate us, some of us, into a new spiritual 
healthy habit. And for some of us, that God would bring us back to something that used to be a pretty good part of our lives, but it's gone missing for a while. And, and for others of us uh, to be just uh, refreshed even more in that time we're having. Let's pray. God, thank you for your, your presence and your word. And thank you, God, that for every one of us who's a follower of Jesus, we can be like that uncle or like that mother was that we have a, a remembrance of. We can be like that. We can actually take their legacy and run with it more to be people who spend time in God's presence and God's word. So I pray for an activation right now. I pray for a holy want to, to rise up inside of everyone in this, in this room and online and on the patio, a holy want to. I pray right now that every one of us would have something inside of us, a growl, a roar inside of us, and I want to be with my Father, presence and word every day. And I pray that out of that want to, there could just be a new shifting of what we do with our time, because that's really all it comes down to. So I pray right now for a bit of wisdom to just waft through and settle on some of us about how we can shift some things to actually do what I'm talking about. And I pray, God, that you would change our lives through your presence and your word. Now, as we're praying together, for somebody, you're here today, and the truth is you're just going, I don't even, I don't know if this applies to me because I don't even know where I stand with God. And maybe you don't know whether you're right with God or not. And there is a way to know that you're right with God. And it's not through you finally doing everything right. It's through you finally receiving the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And so I want to invite somebody right now to turn your life over to Jesus. Once and for all, to say, Jesus, would you forgive my sin and save my life? If you would do that, you will receive his gift of salvation. And he will make all things new in your life. So God, I pray right now for a spiritual awakening for somebody. And so whether you're outside on the patio or online or you're in this room, if you right now would say, I want to be right with God and I need to do what you just said. I need to say yes to Jesus. Right now, would you just raise your hand as a way of just finally admitting, I need to do this. I need to say yes to Jesus once and for all and ask him to forgive my sin and save my life. I want you right now to raise your hand up really high and let it be known. Just raise it up in this moment as your way of saying, I want to be right with God and I want to say yes to Jesus. And if you're with me online, you just type it into the comments and say, I want to give my life to Jesus. And we're going to pray together that God would allow this new birth to happen for some of us. So Lord, I pray in this moment, you would allow us to receive the gift of the forgiveness of sins. And for some of us right now, in this moment, we pray and say, God, I turn to you and I repent of my sins. Jesus, I believe in you. Would you forgive me and save me? And would you give me the gift of new life? You are my Lord and my Savior from this moment on. I'm yours in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We pray together. Amen. I want you to just stand to your feet. And, and one last time before you go, I want you to sing this out nice and strong. We're going to make this place a place where we encounter God. Come on, sing it out.